1: And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Tuesday, February the 1st, 2022, in the year of our Lord. Today in 1790, the U.S. Supreme Court convened for the first time in New York. However, since only three of the six justices were present, the court recessed until the next day. The other three were traveling on horseback and they uh, were delayed. They were a day late. Not a dollar short, hopefully. Today in 1862, the Battle Hymn of the Republic, a poem by Julia Ward Howe, was published for the first time in the Atlantic Monthly. Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. Today in 1959, men in Switzerland rejected giving women the right to vote by a more than two-to-one referendum margin. Swiss women were not happy. The men um, gave it gave it some thought, but it was not until 1971 that the men in Switzerland decided to let the women vote. Today in 1970, I bet they paid for that. Today in 1979, uh, the Iranian uh, religious leader Ayatollah Ayatollah Khomeini he um, came back to Tehran after nearly seven or 15 years in exile. He got a thunderous welcome there. And um, Iran went into a spiral downward from that day to this, in my opinion. Today in 1994, Jeff Galuli, I think that's the way you pronounce his name, was Tanya Harding's ex-husband. He pleaded guilty in Portland, uh, Oregon, of racketeering for his part in the attack on figure skater, Nancy Kerrigan, in exchange for a 24-month sentence, he ended up serving six months and a $100,000 fine. Remember all that when it was going on? It, it, it became international news, actually. Uh, this Jeff guy and uh, I think a friend of his or something, they went and they, they took a, a club or a pipe or something. They hit Kerrigan in the knees just before some Olympic competition and because she was uh, Tonya Harding's biggest you know, uh, threat to winning gold or whatever. It was, I mean, it was unbelievable. Anyway, that was today, 1994, Jeff got his uh, day in court. Today in 2003, the Space Shuttle Columbia broke up during re-entry, killed all seven of its crew members. Today in 2016, the World Health Organization declared a global emergency over the explosive spread of the Zika virus. Why did they call it the Zika virus? Was that some kind of a, something from the Greek alphabet or something? Oh, no, no. They called it that because it was first discovered in the Zika forest in Uganda. We've always done that until now. We've always, the Nile virus, the Zika virus from Uganda, Ebola from Africa, it always, always named the virus from where they first found it, until now. The Chinese government, the communist Chinese government, has ordered America and our press and all concerned not to in any way associate the coronavirus with Wuhan. Even the press, even the New York Times came out a couple of years ago when this whole Wuhan virus thing started, and they were calling it Wuhan virus. They were innocent, far-left progressives. They thought that's what you're supposed to do because we've always done that. Oh, no. The Chinese communist government said, nope, we're not going to let you do that. You can't do that. That's embarrassing to us. We won't allow it. It's politically incorrect. And America's press immediately said, we're sorry. They bowed. And they started calling it anything but. Wuhan, in fact, denied that it even started there. Started at animals somewhere else, they said. Ten years ago today, Facebook announced plans to go public with a stock offering. I saw an interesting article this morning. I'm not going to talk about it, but I'll mention it. I got a smile out of it. I mean, I I shouldn't say I got a smile out of it. I, I looked at it twice. I, I did smile. I, I I don't want to mislead. I smiled. It's coming from New Jersey. You know, tomorrow is Groundhog Day, right? And that's when the groundhogs get dragged out of their little pens, and they hold them up, and they have ceremonies. A lot of towns do that around the country. And uh, uh, anyway, in New Jersey, they have this groundhog. He's. It's in Milltown, New Jersey. It, it's called. He's called Milltown. Mel was, was this groundhog. So they were checking him out this morning to be sure he was ready for the big day. They have a big ceremony there, like they do in a lot of towns. And um, he was dead. He died overnight. He just couldn't take another Groundhog Day. They say that groundhogs live about three years. I didn't know that, but that's what this article said. And he was four years old. So it wasn't a surprise, but it was that his timing was terrible, somebody said. He should have waited till after Groundhog Day. I don't know. The National Institute of Health, that's Fauci's deal. There's a story this morning that broke in the news. The NIH has been paying gay and transgender boys as young as 13 years old hundreds of dollars to record their sexual activity on a mobile app without telling their parents or without parental permission, 13-year-olds, bisexual, transgender, homosexual, little boys. The funding is coming through Columbia University. A study. They put about eight million dollars into it now. NIH is sending them the money. NIH is getting the money from you and me. They've been sending it to some of the boys making hundreds of dollars. Minor boys. They report their sexual activity on this My Peeps mobile lab. Uh, mobile lab. It's including asking what kind of sexual behavior they're having in real time. They do the behavior, then they report on this secret mobile app to NIH and to Columbia University. That's how sick it all is. And yes, it's Dr. Fauci's organization. Our country is in such turmoil today that sometimes you just want to pull your hair, if you have any, to pull. I don't have a lot, but you want to just literally just stand in the middle of the street and shout it from the rooftop. What's the matter with you people? The further we get from God and godly principles in our culture the more bizarre the culture becomes. And I'm not talking about everyone becoming an evangelical biblical Christian. That would be wonderful. I've given my adult life to that. Both Marjorie and I have. That's what we've done with our life. But I will tell you, we live in unbelievable times. And thinking about that, just before we came on the air live this morning at 9 a.m., I was reminded of Psalm 46. It begins with this, God is our refuge and strength, the very present help in trouble. We live in a troubled world. Therefore will not we fear, though the earth be removed, though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea? Verse 3, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof. Verse 4 says, there is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. I understand this is speaking of a future time, but it is a very clear snapshot of who God is and how he relates to life as it is now and as it will be in the future. But verse 5 says, God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her. Talking about the city, the holy place. The heathen raged. The kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice. The earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Come behold the works of the Lord. What desolations he hath made in the earth. Verse 9, he maketh wars to cease, unto to the end of the earth he breaketh the bow, cutteth the spear in thunder. He burneth the chariot in the fire. And verse 10, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. Just be still. Relax. God says, I am in control. I have always been, and I always will be. Just stay close to me. I mean, that's paraphrased, but that's what God is saying. The Lord of hosts, verse 11 says of that chapter, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. So I'm going to talk about a number of things this morning, but The bigger issue is just be still and know that I am God. He is. He is in control. Interesting story developing about the Biden family. I know there's a political angle to it, but it goes much deeper than that. In a survey published yesterday, half of all voters, all voters in America, believe that President Biden should be impeached. And nearly as many think Republicans will do it if they win a congressional majority in the midterm elections this year. The reasons for this major pushback are many, but one of the most disappointing reasons is the growing awareness of how deeply China has invested itself in the Biden family, particularly in what China calls Belt and Road Initiative, or BRI, Belt and Road Initiative. I want to talk to you a little bit about that today. The legacy media, the mainstream media, is apparently at a loss for words. Or they're hoping that if they don't mention it, it'll just go away. Because sometimes that happens. Memo to media. It's not going to happen this time. Here's why. Rasmussen said the National and the National Pulse, they came together, the two companies, and did this pretty extensive uh, survey this just this past week. It's very, very uh, current, and they published it uh, yesterday. But they said 50% of likely U.S. voters support the impeachment of President Biden, including 33% who strongly support it. Why? Is it revenge that the Democrats what they did to Trump, or is it deeply held, differing political views? Is it the economy, inflation, immigration, open borders, the co-opting of public education by the extreme left, national sovereignty issues? Oh, it's probably all of that. But all of the above is probably part of this growing consensus in our country that we have no viable leadership. However, the growing awareness of corruption in the Biden family is having a remarkable reaction among the common folks, like you and me, in our country. I mentioned the book Red-Handed yesterday, and I, I, I must mention it again because it is shaking the foundations of progressivism in America as we speak. It is. This guy is not a newcomer. Schweizer. He's been around a long time and he's highly skilled and he's very, very meticulous in sourcing everything he writes in his books. That's why I pay, pay attention to them and read them. But in this book, Red-Handed, he's turning on the light to a very dark, a veiled pattern of personal enrichment involving several elite, politically power American families. None the least is the Biden family. But it's not only the Biden family. China's Belt and Road Initiative and Hunter and others are walking down the wrong road. And Schweizer is pointing it out. What happens as a result of this is up to us. We the people. The business relationships between President Joe Biden's son Hunter and the Chinese Communist Party elites are stunning. And as I said, though, it's not just the Biden family. Neil Bush, George W. Bush's brother, both sons of H.W. Bush, he's been in it with China in the past and probably still is getting as much as $400,000 a month. Schweitzer's new book, Red-Handed, How America Elites Get Rich, Helping China Win, it's hated by the left. But because of his meticulous sourcing, as I said, it cannot be ignored. And that's why I'm taking time to talk about it. I don't talk about every book I, I read or am aware of for sure. But China's Belt and Road Initiative, BRI, it's a planned multi-trillion dollar infrastructure program that's intended to link China with more than 100 countries through railroad shipping and energy projects. I wrote an article on this today. In fact, I included in it a map of this new in fact, some people are calling it the new Silk Road. Remember the Silk Road from history when we used to teach history? And Marco Polo and those guys, they traveled you know, for silk to China and so on and so forth. China's kind of duplicating that in, a, in an expanded and a more sophisticated way. They're creating their own trade routes and they're doing so not by conquering militarily, although I, I'm sure they, they wouldn't uh, blink if they needed to do that, and the opportunity presented itself. But they're doing it through infrastructure, building infrastructure in these third world countries. And, they're, and the countries are saying, oh, yes, thank you for helping us. Thank you for caring for us and blah, blah, blah. So that's what's been going on for some time. And it's called Belt and in Road Initiative. China's been very open about what they're doing. And they're, they're, some of what they're doing is done in a form of a loan to these third world countries in Africa and, and Asia and even a, across parts of Europe. They haven't really penetrated Europe yet, but they're working on it. So that's what this is about. And they've created a kind of a maritime, a, a, an ocean, a silk road, and they have one that's over land as well. And they're creating this and they're creating... Not, as I said, not through war and through attacking and you know taking the spoils, but they're they're misleading these people really, but they're taking advantage of these third world countries or under you know funded countries like us. But um, they're creating these routes and they're cutting deals with them, and then they're building highways and bridges and all this kind of infrastructure thing. For the sake of the country, so to speak, but it's really so, and, and with that comes their right to run their trucks and whatever through there, and their boats through their waters and so on. And they're, so they're setting up this trade route and they're, they will dominate the world in time. And they are saying that they're going to achieve the completion of this Belt and Road Initiative by 2050. Well, that's a ways out there from now, but time flies. But anyway, that's kind of the program. And as I said, I wrote an article on our website today. It's faithandfreedom.us, and there's an included, and that's a map of that. But anyway, the BRI, and I'll call it BRI, will recreate this Silk Road, the old network of trading routes between the East and the West. First announced by President Xi Jinping shortly after his election in 2013, By 2017, China had actively begun to promote it. They said at the time, in doing so, we hope to achieve achieve policy, infrastructure, trade, financial, and people-to-people connectivity, and thus build a new platform for international cooperation, uh, of course, to create new drivers of shared development. That was their official statement. China's Silk Road stirred more than a little concern even among some Americans who were paying attention, but most weren't. India said at the time, we have some serious reservations about all this because of sovereignty issues. They're going to end up in a position where they own part of us. Governments from Washington to Moscow to New Delhi, they worried out loud that Beijing was up to something that they weren't completely being candid about creating their own global political influence network and a financial network. Some in America said they believed China was trying to push America out of those markets to gain dominance over our own country, over the U.S., and that's exactly what they were doing and are doing. In that context, the Biden family saw this wonderful, wonderful opportunity, and this is not conspiracy or speculation. It's on Hunter's laptop. It's in Thousands of email. It's in personal testimonies under oath. It's sick. Schweitzer says in his book, some of Hunter's Chinese deals were helpful to the Belt and Road Initiative, China's colonialist scheme for buying influence across the third world and luring poor nations into taking loans from Chinese banks they can never repay. And that's exactly what China's doing. They're taking over the countries without firing a shot. The book details it verifies several of Hunter's deals with China. I don't have time to go into all of it today, but just to touch on the concept of what's happening. Hunter Biden tried to buy, with China's money, the National Railroad of Greece. They brought Hunter in because they knew Hunter's father, Vice President Joe Biden, now President, had a lot of contacts and a lot of influence in Greece because of America, not anything he had done. It was just who he was. So they brought him in. They tried to make the deal. They wanted that, that the, the Greek railroad, so they could have what they called the String of Pearls deal across and penetrate into Europe and take over their markets and the distribution lanes over land in Europe. Communications show between the two, between Hunter and the Communist Party, show that China partnered with Hunter simply because of his connections. Fortunately for the free world, Hunter and the Chinese partners who were heading up companies owned by the Communist Party, they were outbid by the Italian National Railroad Company who ended up buying the railroad. All of this, as they said, is on his laptop. All of it is in emails. It's in different kinds of communications. It's in personal um, testimony that's been given under oath by people involved. This laptop information, information, it links not only President Biden's son to the Communist Chinese Party, but Joe Biden himself, vis-a-vis the email discussing the distribution of funds. We talked about this when this first came out a while back. One of the deals was a multi, multi, multi-million dollar deal. They included in it, in writing, was 10% of the whole deal was to be held for the big guy. And the guy that was president of the Biden company that was doing the deal for Biden said, the big guy is Joe. I'll tell you, Communist Chinese Party threw millions of dollars through various companies. There was some, you know, discretion used there as to who were trying to hide and mislead the public. But they knew that he had no knowledge of anything they were doing in business. It was strictly, strictly for the connections. The book takes pains to describe how plenty of Republican politicians are in their own way doing some of the same things. They've been drawn into this orbit of the Belt and Road Initiative as well. BRI, Belt and Road Initiative, has trillions of dollars to spend and to loan, and it needs to buy political influence to lubricate its big-money deals. Switzer says in his book, based on a full year of research, BRI is so huge that Americans and Europeans should know better than to convince themselves to overlook BRI's long-term geopolitical goals so they can make deals with Chinese state firms or take jobs lobbying for BRI's interests after they leave government office. And there is the sad part. The sad part is that 23, 23 of our elected officials or former elected officials who are now just out of office are consulting China on this Belt and Road Initiative and other things, but primarily that. There's a whole list of them that was published this morning, and I don't have time to go through the list. The only one that I saw connected to the Northwest was Don Bunker. He's a Democrat from Washington. I think he lives on one of the islands, uh, just off Seattle, out there in, in uh, off, offshore, on one of the islands. I can't remember which one. But he was very active in in Democratic politics in Washington State for a long time. He isn't now, but he still has a lot of ties. He's, um, he has a, a lobbying firm, or he works for it, one of the two. It's called APCO Worldwide. And um, he has that company has a contract, and it's because of him and his connections in government, although they're probably waning because he hasn't been in government. He served as, the, as a representative from Washington State uh, from 1975 to 1989. He, he represented the third district. So I, I, and like I said, I think he, I think it's Bainbridge. I'm not sure one of the islands, but anyway, he's all involved in this, but there, there are all these people and what I'm going to do tomorrow, regardless of what I write my article on tomorrow, I'm going to put a link to the list of all these people's names because you should know, unfortunately, most of them I think there's 23 on the list are, most of them are Republicans, Former Speaker of the House, John Boehner, all these guys are cashing in. They're making millions of dollars selling themselves and their influence as former public servants working for lobbying organizations. China is eating our lunch. And I'll tell you, we better wake up. We better awaken to the realities of life. It's very concerning. But as I said earlier, God is in control God will prevail. And we just need to stay close to the Lord and not let all these things get us down. But we should be aware that we live in very, very perilous times. People who are uninformed are destroyed, according to God's word and according to history. So we need to be informed. We must be informed. But don't be, don't be overcome by, by the circumstances of our world, because God is in control. Thank you so much for your support of this ministry. We are totally funded by your contributions. Thank you so much for making it possible. Box 399-Bellevue-98009. See you tomorrow.